Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. We're married, and we like to do a lot of different things together. But what got us together initially was that we love to eat and we like to drink. And we love to learn how our favorite foods and beverages came to be. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk about something delicious and answer the question, Where did this come from? off the second half of the season. You know, we did, we did take a couple weeks off there for we a did. little bit. We had to. Yeah, it was nice. Um, but yeah, so we've got a good episode today. We will be talking about the history of bagels. Mm. And I was like, this bagels like popped into my head as the next thing to research. And I was like, why do I like keep thinking about bagels? And it's because our good friend Jenna, who just had twins, Max and Carter, joined this world uh, eight days ago. Yeah. Um, But while Jenna was pregnant, she was craving bagels all the time. And whenever I would talk to her, I feel like she was like, going to get a bagel and I was like bagels sound really good so I've also been on a bagel kick um recently thanks to her yeah which in turn means I have also been on a bagel kick yeah which it's been a while since I was really into bagels bagels are so good I don't know what happened to me just stop paying attention to them for so long but man they're not like the best for you but they are amazing especially if you go to like a good bagel place yeah, I, fa- which, I found one in Reading, which is like a couple towns over. Yeah, they're few and us. far between up here for like really good yeah. bagel shops. Um, but, man, you found one. Yeah, nothing like a fresh egg bagel. I don't know why that like gets me every time. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's good. It's I know. Good. It's like kind of plain, but a little sweet. Oh, yeah. Good with bacon, egg, and cheese. Give me an everything bagel. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's also classic. Oh, but. yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I know we're already like we're already, already derailing two minutes into the episode. Um, but yeah, so this episode goes out to babies Max and Carter. Welcome to the world. We're welcome excited to, to have you here. Yes. We can't wait to meet you. And welcome back to another episode of Where Did This Come From? Hey, hey, hey. Sorry, I had to do that. Yes, thanks. Good, I forgot that. Point. Really good addition to the show, Trev. <laughs> um, so yeah, bagels are. Again, one of the breads that kind of go way back. There's a bunch of different little stories um, about ba- like the world history of bagels. Um, but there is general agreement that um, when Jews immigrated, some Jews immigrated to Poland um, from Germany in the 14th century, um, there was an existing bread in Poland called obwarzenek, um, which is a circular, almost pretzel-like mm. bread um, that dated back to 1394. Wow. Um, so that that bread, obwarzenek, is sort of the predecessor to the bagel. There's also potentially German influence because... It's very similar to a pretzel and how it's made. So it's a yeasted dough, and I'm talking about a soft pretzel and not like a right, crunchy right, American right. pretzel. Um, it's a, a yeasted dough that is boiled and then oven baked. Mm. Um, so that, that two-step process 
I guess, helps it to get that, like, chewy texture. Oh, okay. Um, and then also it helps preserve it for slightly longer, which was good for the poor immigrants so they could have it last a little bit longer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Enterprising. Yes, exactly. But circular ring-shaped breads have a long history in other countries. So, you know, there's basically Italy has some, China has some, Poland and Germany right. have them as well. That's like sort of the the world history of bagels. Um, it, it has always been a predominantly Jewish tradition. Okay. Um, and so as Jews immigrated from Europe to North America um, in the early 19th century, or sorry, the late 19th century, a lot settled in Toronto and Montreal, um, and then, of course, New York. Right. Yeah. So Montreal is also apparently a big bagel city. Bagel Mecca. Go figure. And they have sort of their own their own way of baking the bagels and their own techniques. Wow. Um, but so we're gonna another f- reason to go to Montreal. I know. Yeah. Um, I I agree. You can check out their bagels too. Uh, I guess they dip them. So when they boil them, they boil them in like a honey water. Whoa. So they have a little bit more sweetness to them in Montreal is like the traditional style. That's but cool. We are going to focus today's topic on New York bagels. All right. Because that I think is what everyone sort of thinks about. Yeah. Bagels arrived with the Eastern European immigrants of the late 19th century. Um, They didn't really travel further than their Jewish niche communities um, into the mainstream until the 1970s. Well, really? Right. So I guess that era, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later, uh, was more when, so quote unquote, ethnic foods became a little bit more um, trendy and people were sort of branching out beyond their their normal foods that they were yeah. typically used to eating. Now, it's so funny to think of, a, I mean, I know it is, but it's funny to think of a bagel under like that umbrella of ethnic food because it's become so... Right. I don't want to say Americanized because everything American yeah, came from like somewhere main, else basically. it's like but. mainstream staple yeah, for exactly. breakfast exactly. and brunch and yeah. bagel and lox, all that stuff. So... Um, but yeah, so essentially it, it, the, um, Lower East Side was a predominantly Jewish neighborhood, um, and bagels were sold essentially like on the streets at, for, to first start. And apparently the hole in the bagel, um, there's two reasons for that. One is that it helps to cook the bagel more evenly. Okay. With the hole in the center. And it also was a, um... Street vendors were able to hang them from poles oh, or dowels okay. so they could easily carry them, carry a large stack of them, um, and then sell them from straight from the dowel. Cool. Now, like the, the donut hole story with the, the wheel of the ship. Right. Very yes. different reason. Different reason. It's a much more practical reason. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that apparently is why bagels have a hole. Okay. So... The New York bagel bakers started where, you know, they'd have these bakeries and people would go off on the streets and sell them. And then it kind of evolved um, as like brick and mortar bakeries were getting established. Um, And the, again, still mostly in the Jewish community, um, but the bagel making process is actually really grueling. 
And the working conditions for these bagel makers were, like, absolutely horrible. Mm. They were in basements, in, like, you know, standing over these huge vats of boiling water, rolling dough with a, like, a wood-burning oven to bake them. In, like, a New York summer, too. In, like, a New York summer. um, You know, so it was really terrible conditions um, to the point where they couldn't even wear their their baking clothes on the street because it was, like, so filthy. Oh, my gosh. Um, so as bagels became more popular, and again, still within the, its own kind of community, um, the demand actually went up. Uh, and then in 1915, the first bagel union was created, Local 338. A bagel union? A bagel union. Wow. So this, obviously, this union was pulled together to make the working conditions better, um, get people a living wage, mm-hmm. you know, all, all the basic reasons for union. Yeah. Um, and it actually, like, worked really well. And these essentially old Jewish men hmm. uh, were, founded these unions and in order to become a bagel maker at this point, you had to it had to be passed down through like your family. So okay. I guess in the union meetings, if you were a new member, people would ask like who you're related to. Mm, gotcha. um, so it was kind of like it became sort of actually a desired job to be a bagel maker. Wow. Um, and so they had sort of these apprenticeships. So it had to be three to six months of apprenticeship. You would have, like, a bench person who was, like, rolling the dough and forming the the bagels. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you would learn the boiling, and then you would learn the baking. Um, So you had to have a minimum rolling speed of 832 bagels an hour. What? Apparently. (laughs) Yes. So, like, this was a big production. That's so many bagels for one person. I know. Um, so I guess one, in one article, they interviewed a guy who is a a bagel maker, Mike Edelstein. Um, and he said a machine could roll out 300 dozen bagels an hour with one person operating while two experienced hand rollers could only produce 125 dozen in the same amount of time. But if you think about two people creating 125 dozen bagels in an hour, that's like, a hundred dozen is, tw- that's 2,400 plus bagels. Yeah. That's not, that, what? Yeah. That's so, possible? Uh, oh apparently. Yeah. So we'll get into machines in a little bit, but at this point, it was all manual craft. Um, wow, and you had to like be able to keep up with the other bench roller yeah. people. And that's just one hour. I'm sure they're not getting a break every hour. Right. Goodness yeah. gracious. Well, they might now that they're unionized. Well, yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's true. Um, but yeah, so the the bagel market um, was was growing. The bagel bakers actually had a lot of power. Um, so again, it was it kind of became this like more desired job, and they would renegotiate their contracts every single year. And if they didn't get what they wanted, the bagel bakers would go on strike. And so the the city would go into what the New York Times called the bagel famine. Wow. Um, until they the, their demands were met. That's holding the entirety of New York City hostage. Yeah. So 
without this, again, this is like without machinery. So without machinery undercutting them, the bagel bakers actually had really high salaries. Um, in a New York Times article from 1960, said the estimated base pay for a 37-hour work week was $144 for the benchmen and $150 in a, a week for the oven men. And so that equates to about $65,000 a year um, annual salary. It's pretty solid. Which was more than police engineers or teachers were paid at the time. Wow. Bacon bagels. Bacon bagels, yeah. I mean, it's a staple of the city. A staple of the city. And again, the other amazing part is like at this point, it still hadn't really branched out right. past the Lower East Side. Right, that's true. And even at that point, it was that that much money they were making. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So there are a couple like really noteworthy strikes um, that the bagel bakers went on. So one was in 1951 and the New York Times actually reported on it and they actually had to provide a pronunciation guide for people because they thought it was, you know, this this thing called the bagel was not actually as well known <laughs> at, like for their mass readers. Um, so they... They gave the pronunciation guide, B-A-Y-G-L-E, bagel for people. So Funny. people who say it bagel, that's just wrong. Yes, the New York Times. I, think, I think we can unequivocally say that's wrong. Yeah. It was wrong before I was told it was actually wrong, so. Yeah. Um, so again, the unions had so much power, they stamped out essentially any attempt to automate the process. Um, and at this point, you know, pretzel... Pretzels were becoming, like, machine-made. Everything was, like, becoming machine-made. Right. Um, but the bagel unions, again, were so powerful that they squashed anything that – any sort of, like, mass production. Yeah. Wow. The bagel – don't want to go against the bagel union. Yes. They were, like, super powerful and, like – I don't know. One article kind of described them as, like, really gruff and kind of, like – I can Intense, imagine, like, honestly, like group of older men. I mean, that a that job is not easy. Yeah. So, like, you have to be a little bit hardened by right. the years of working in those basements on those benches over the water and the ovens and. Yep. Exactly. Um, but like everything else, after a while, modernism kind of crept in. Yeah. Um, so it actually starts in California. In the late 1950s, Daniel Thompson, who was a math teacher in California, he invented the bagel machine okay. to, like, mass-produce bagels. Also at this time, the traditional, you know, bagel bakers being in the cellars and providing the bagels to bakeries or to street vendors kind of stopped. So hmm. other bakeries were starting to get these machines and bringing them upstairs so that people could actually see them being produced. Oh. Um, so for like, you know, there were like signs that like hot bagels. Um, and that was kind of when the unions started like losing a little bit of control. Gotcha. So, and there was another strike attempt um, by the unions in 1967 because they were again, trying to get people to not buy directly from bakeries. Right not buy these mass-produced bagels, um, but it barely made a dent in the New York bagel market, and that was pretty much the end of their glory days. So, so the union was no more after the that? The union was basically no more after mm, that. Wow. 
Um, at the same time, um, enter Lenders Bagels. Okay. Uh, which was a bakery in New Haven, Connecticut. They actually led the charge on mass producing bagels and then selling them bagged and frozen to supermarkets. Oh, so they're the ones, so, I mean, I know they're they're still around, but... Yeah, I think they are still They're the around, ones that first started doing frozen bagels. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so, I guess, apparently, consumers were cutting themselves, trying to slice the frozen bagels. Oh, my god! And so that was why they started to, to do pre-sliced frozen bagels. <laughs> Uh, um, and apparently that was key to their success. Wow. Some things uh, never change. Yeah. So, yeah, by basically by 1970, there was ba- there's bagels readily available at the grocery stores. Most bakeries were able to produce their own bagels. Mm-hmm. We'll never know the true comparison of the hand-rolled bagels not from then. Prior to 1967, right? Um, to now, so I wonder where. I wonder if there's there's still got to be shops that are doing. I'm small. sure now there are. I mean, yeah, way of coming kind of back full circle, like right artisanal hand rolled bagels. Yeah, but there. So there's one professor at NYU who kind of studies food history, and he was saying that basically no one has had a real New York bagel since 1967. And I was like, oh, that's Intense, wow! But he's kind of right. I mean, yeah, it's true. And if that's when the like the the local three three eight yeah dried up, basically shut down. Um, they rolled their last bagel. Yeah, so I'm actually curious if like there are bagel shops that still do hand rolled. There must. There be. must be. Yeah, but there must be. I mean, I, I we've wanted to make bagels for a while now, and we just I think now that especially now that we've found a shop to get good bagels at we probably won't right. um but it is involved but if you're doing it on small enough a scale right it's probably not as it's a little bit more manageable yeah we don't have to make 125 dozen an hour yeah 800 and is your bagel rolling speed yeah the, the minimum minute, rolling <laughs> yeah minimum bagel rolling was like 800 57 or something wow um i still remember yeah. how big of a deal it was when it must have been in the early to mid 90s when dunkin donuts started carrying bagels i remember so that, that too big deal huge deal and then bagel bagels were a very 90s thing yes at yeah, least at huge. least where we grew up anyway well because like donuts kind of had their heyday and then i think bagels you know, so this the articles that I had read said you know by the nineteen seventies really everyone was eating bagels. Yeah. Um. So it probably took a little while for them to get like really popular and provided in like you know your Dunkin' Donuts or your, like your whatever right. the Starbucks equivalent was back mm-hmm. then. Um. Yeah. So that's the story of the unions. Okay. And the New York bagel scene. Um, I did want to talk about cream cheese for a minute because that is not... I can give you more than a minute. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's buckle up. Um, so cream cheese was typically like not actually an accompaniment for a bagel. Really? Um, until, well, until like the early 1900s. Okay. So. I mean, there's still a long time in... between the 1300s and then when... Right. A farmer in upstate New York named William Lawrence, was making Neufchatel cheese, just like a lot of his 
neighbors, mm -hmm. all the farmers were kind of making it. Um, and he would pack up rolls of the cheese and ship it into the city. So he was, I guess, eventually approached by Park and Tilford, which is sort of the Dean and DeLuca of its time. So oh, like okay. fancy gift baskets and, yeah. you know, nice fruits and cheeses, etc. Um, and they wanted an even richer cheese that could be sold at a more expensive price. Wow. So what he did, so he curdled the milk, he pressed the liquid out, and now he added cream into it. And he called it cream cheese. So he invents cream cheese. There you go. Um, so real quick, the, yeah. the I mean, I've always wondered what the difference between Neufchâtel and cream cheese was. So it sounds like it's just cream cheese is just a denser, fat-rich product. Well, I think, so I actually don't know exactly, but I think that second step of adding cream into yeah. it is where cream cheese differs from Neufchâtel. And it gets like that, I mean, if it's unless it's whipped, creamy. but like that brick Right. Heavy, creamy kind of. Because yeah. Neufchatel is definitely lighter, fluffier. A little fluffier. bit lighter. I wonder actually if the second, so you have to curdle the milk, press out the liquid. I wonder if for Neufchatel they add a little bit more milk or, maybe. or something. I don't know. This is total speculation. But cream cheese has the extra cream added. There you go. Hence its name. This is just It conjecture. is true to its name. <laughs> um. Yeah, so this become it kind of becomes this like fancy delicacy that you can get at high end restaurants in New York City. Really? Yes. It's so fun. So, um, and this actually was in the late 1800s. So by 1889, cream cheese cost 30 cents a pound. And to give you an idea, Munster and Parmesan were about 13 cents to 23 cents a pound. Wow, cream. So cream cheese was like I can't imagine super cream cheese fancy. being like, yeah, super fancy cheese. Yeah, and they still didn't actually put it on bagels yet. It was okay. just like a, a cheese for whatever. For crackers. fancy people. For fancy people. Um, so there was a cheese broker named Alva Reynolds, and he approached William Lawrence to distribute his cream cheese, and he suggests calling it Philadelphia cream cheese oh. on the packaging. So apparently this was like a marketing ploy because Philadelphia was known for its good cheese, which I did not know. Really? Apparently, yeah. Um, so it was, they said, let's slap Philadelphia on it and people will love it because they'll think it's from Philadelphia. All right. It was not. Um, so Reynolds sells the cheese faster than Lawrence can make it. And then he contracts with other farmers to fill in the orders. So at this point, I think other farmers had caught on yeah. and were making cream cheese. So Lawrence doesn't have a hold on the market anymore. Aww. Um, but that's okay. Like, apparently he um, he went on to like become the mayor of some town in New York and like gave back to his city and was apparently a good guy. So okay. he did okay. Um, but Reynolds then creates the Phoenix Cheese Company. And in 1905, um, Phoenix Cheese Company markets cream cheese all over the U.S. And then they merge with Kraft in 1928. Oh, it's been that long. Yeah. Wow. It wasn't until the 1950s that the bagel and cream cheese were harmonized. To they be, were brought together they as one. They were brought together as one. Um, so a it was 
the bagels and cream cheese and lox were first oh, suggested yeah. to serve as an appetizer at cocktail parties in the Family Circle magazine. Interesting. See, I, I don't I don't associate cream cheese and lox with cocktails unless it's a Bloody Mary. Well, cocktail parties. I know, so I know. It's not like a, in the cocktail. A brunch is kind of like a cocktail right. party. It is. Um, but yeah, so I guess the article read. Split these tender little triumphs in halves and then quarters. Spread with sweet butter and place a small slice of smoked salmon on each. For variations, spread with cream cheese, anchovies, or red caviar. They're also delicious served as breakfast rolls. Breakfast rolls. So, that was in 1950. Wow. The rest is history as far as that goes. Um, And kind of the rest is history. Wow. Became a huge thing. So, you get your bagel and your schmear. It's only been 70 years that bagel and cream cheese have been I know. a betrothed couple. Into one. Yes, exactly. Wow. I can't, it's, it's hard for me to, I mean, I like a bagel, like a bagel with butter or like a bagel with yeah, jam. basically anything. But still, like, that's usually if I don't have cream cheese. Right. It's hard to imagine a bagel, like, what, did it, did you come across what was like a popular way to eat it before that? I actually didn't. I think like plain. Plain or with butter maybe? Yeah. Well, it also, like, started as a very, like, poor person's snack, yeah. so they probably didn't have butter. It's probably just... Readily available. Eat it like bread. Eat it like bread, wow. yeah. Um, yeah, so that is the general history of the bagel. Yeah. Oh. Fascinating. It is. And that was just scratching the surface, because I have, like, seven resources for this episode. Um... But yeah, I did want to go through. So I, I already mentioned Montreal is known for its bagels as well. Yep. And they use the honey water to poach their bagels before burning it in the oven. Um, but apparently, Montreal bagels from Fairmount Bagels have been to space. So what? In two thousand eight, astronaut astronaut yeah. in two thousand eight, astronaut Greg Chamatoff boarded the Discovery for a fourteen day flight into space. And he took 18 bagels from Fairmount Bagels, a shop owned by his aunt. Aww. I know. That's cute. Uh, And then in August 2004, Brugger's Bagels produced the largest bagel weighing 868 pounds. Good Lord. And displayed it at the New York State Fair. Um, It was... It required 11,000 pounds of dough... And 900 gallons of water, and it took 10 hours to bake. It still holds the record for the biggest bagel. That's massive. I know. I'm like, I don't think that would taste very good. No, I'm sure. I'm, I can only imagine it wasn't cooked properly. Yeah. Unless they, I mean, although they, they, it's the kind of thing that they generally will then cut up and share amongst 10,000 people. So. Right. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I guess that would be really hard to cook evenly and like. I would think so. How did they flip it in the boiling water? I don't know. I didn't read into that much detail on this. You Um, had to know I would ask. I know. Sorry. I do not have the answer to that question. I'm just kidding. Thanks for stumping me. Oh, I didn't stump you. Um, But yeah, so that is the high-level history of the bagel. But again, there is a lot of information about bagels. And a lot of it actually is, like, contested. Um, So... Well, anything that goes not, that not far contested, back. but you know, like the the true origins, like in Poland, right? There are a few like legends, like it was made for a king, and mm. one was that this queen liked to have it during her Lent or something. So you know, it's 
there's a few stories like that, but yeah, yeah. I, I thought the up, unions were actually quite interesting. I gave up square bread from then. I only <laughs> yeah. eat round bread. Yeah, it actually was something like that. Oh um, but it was like there were too many conflicting stories, so I didn't, I didn't get into that level of detail. Oh, that's quite all right. Uh, but again, I have several references for this. Okay. So SmithsonianMag.com, um, A Brief History of the Bagel, TheAtlantic.com, The Secret History of Bagels, uh, MyJewishLearning.com, The History of the Bagel in America, uh, NewYorkerBagels.com, which is a blog, and that went into the, um, the Union story. Mm. Uh, and then this article, so AtlasObscura.com, an article by Natasha Frost, uh, Bagel Union Strikes New York City, um, was actually a really good wealth of information. Mashable.com, The Cream Cheese History, NewYorkTimes.com, and EatThis.com. Wow. There's a lot out There's there. There's a lot out there about bagels. That must have been tough to, like, sift through all It that. actually was. Yeah, it was, it was an intense one. But um, bagels are delicious, <laughs> and maybe someday we'll try hand-rolled bagels. We'll have to look up to see if there's any, like, artisan bagel shops that yeah. still do hand-rolled. If not, we'll have to There's got to be. We'll have to bite the bullet and try to do it ourselves. On a yeah. small scale, it's, it's I mean. Yeah. Just do one little batch. It would just be, like, really disappointing to have a spend, like, a day making yeah. bagels and then have them, like, not be that good. That's true. Once you get the the dough proved and yes. all that stuff. And, yeah. Yeah. So I did read other, like, the, the even the bagel bakers, it would take about 24 hours to make, like, a, a full set of bagel from start to finish. Like, they were obviously, like, wow. rotating, you know. Of course. So it wasn't just, like, a set of bagels in 24 hours. Um, but wow. it would take from start to finish for a bagel is about 24 hours. It's a lot of different people's physical labor going into making one bagel. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Really interesting topic. Yes. So thanks Jenna for yes. reintroducing us to bagels <laughs> and for the inspiration for this topic. So. Absolutely. And thanks to all of you for listening as always to this show. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. And you can follow us on Instagram at where did this come from underscore pod. Yes, and we'll be back next week with a very special Memorial Day mini-sode for you. But in the meantime, everyone, stay cool out there, stay healthy, be well. We'll see you next time on Where Did This Come From.